Hi, and thanks for listening to the Turtle Talks podcast, a podcast which will cover the comings and goings of the Happy Dancing Turtle Garden crew through the upcoming year. We'll cover topics ranging from planning your garden to putting your garden to bed. Now, to learn more about us, go to happydancingturtle.org. Now, let's get started. to give it some some weight thank you so much Allison. Yeah. give us give us a little credibility here yeah. <laughs> well if you are a first time uh, listener this is um, turtle talks with the garden crew um, and uh, this is our third episode of the summer garden uh, appetizer uh, my name is colin mclean and i'm joined here with dave wilson jim chamberlain and allison ryan members of the happy dancing turtle garden crew and so what we want to do today is we want to talk a little bit about what uh, we've been doing the past couple of weeks. Um, pretty busy, pretty busy, uh, lots of harvesting, lots of planting, some construction, um, and some good news towards the Shady Chicken Project. So if we want to get started, we can talk a little bit about what's been in the CSAs the last couple of days. All right, well... Um... Yeah, lately we've been um, uh, getting some some broccoli and cauliflower now, uh, so that's kind of cool. Both like the green beans and the peas are starting to come on strong, and and the uh, cucumbers are uh, sort of um, getting close. Flower, they're flowering, yep. and they've got little fruits on them. Mm-hmm. Not sure when we'll be able to pick them, but mm-hmm. yeah. So we're we're kind of in the transition, you know, if, if kind of the eating by the seasons thing. We're mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in the springtime. You get all your leafy greens and your your early spring onions and that kind of stuff that are full of dense nutrients that replenish your body after the long winter and restore those nutrients to your system. And now the transition is coming into the tomatoes and the watery vegetables, the tomatoes, the cucumbers, things like that that, that keep you hydrated. They're full of those electrolytes that keep you going through this through the hot summer. Oh, that's cool. I mean, yeah. so, so what has some of those? Benefits. Well, it's the watery vegetables. It's like the, the peppers tomatoes and, and peppers and cucumbers and very cool and stuff like that. Tomatillos and all those all those juicy vegetables that you know you bite them and they drill down your chin. <laughs> well, no, I mean, as I'm looking down the list here, I mean, a lot of these can just be picked off the the stock and eaten. I mean, that's that's kind of the. I mean, you can do that to lettuce and, and radishes and, and and their cold crops, but and parsley. No, I, mm-hmm. I don't see that here. <laughs> no, it's on the list. We brought you some to try, Colin. Yeah, I, I noticed. There's this. <laughs> yeah. There's a nice yeah. little uh, little sprig of. Well, it looks like last flat. Last time you said it was just a. Uh, it was just an, like a. It's a garnish. garnish. A it's garnish a garnish. And that yeah. Nobody eats it, but um, we are growing flat leaf parsley, or it's also called Italian, Italian parsley. parsley. Um, and it has got a great flavor. It is super fresh. You can just chop it up a little bit and sprinkle it over your soup or your casserole or your salad. I mean, if you want. I mean, and yeah. we are challenging you to try it. Challenge. Come on, Colin. Throw it on the gauntlet. Well, you know, I, you know, maybe we should do it at the end of the podcast so I don't have to uh, talk with uh, this b- bitter Par- taste. Bread? Bitter taste in my mouth the entire time we're speaking, you know. I don't think that's fair. Well, you could take it and take a leaf and kind of crush it in your fingers and smell it. Mm-hmm. All right. If you're not brave enough to actually try oh, to I'm eat it. Not brave <laughs> enough? <laughs> well, here we go. I'm just going to 
Make it into as small a pill as possible. This is this is a recording, so you can <laughs> pause and get up and right. go uh, okay. get some water or cleanse your palate somehow if it you is really to truly awful. It. It, it is strong. One leap. Oh my god. <laughs> you didn't have to have a handful. Oh, the look on Colin's oh, face. Jeez, oh, too bad you're not on TV. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to eat one, too. There, you can see his face right now. It's terrible what we just put him through. I'm going to eat one, too, and I think it's delicious. Yeah, that was I have to rinse my mouth out here. You can't be that. Oh, man. Sour lemon face. <laughs> right. Ugh. It's like a dog turd or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's... Really strong. That is super strong. And whose uh, whose idea was it to it bring? It is an herb. <laughs> Mine. That's your idea. Well, my it idea. is an herb. It's to flavor and enhance. It's not mm -hmm. a vegetable that you eat like a whole salad. Just of sprinkle it, it on top of your casserole. <laughs> but it's it like does salad. have flavor, correct? I, definitely. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you you uh, crush it up and it just pff, the whole room. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, but what it has for vitamins, but I'm sure there's a lot of dense nutrients in it. Usually, my experience is that the stronger the taste, yeah, the more the, the more flavor it, is it has. The better for you, the less you want to eat it. <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, why didn't you bring in any raspberries for me to try? I mean, I, I see this list here. There's there's tomatoes and <laughs> snap peas. I would I would gobble those down, but you, you, maybe yeah, next time, huh? That would have been a good idea to have a couple of black raspberries yeah. for you to yeah to chase to chase that chase with. it down right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, where are you going? <laughs> um, yeah, so we've been harvesting um, broccoli and cauliflower and snap peas and green beans and summer squash for the CSA. Um, I just like to point out that broccoli from the garden is probably my favorite thing. You just snap it off and eat it and it is so sweet yeah. and delicious and the broccoli in the grocery store doesn't even come close. Oh, it's like two different creatures, isn't it? You know. Completely different creatures. Um, yeah. If you say you don't like broccoli, if you you should try it straight from the garden, one, just one time, just to see how how good uh, good organic broccoli tastes. Yeah. Oh, Jim, Jim, the savior, the hero. He's coming to save the day. We got the black. We got, got the a black full bowl of black raspberries. Mm. Oh, that's tart and delicious. Thanks, Jim. Sure. So, 
there's um, a little section here. It looks like you guys have continued to start, um, continued your planting throughout this, the, the summer. Um, yesterday, Allison, you posted something on Facebook about um, a uh, using a, a different mix of seeds for mm -hmm. your cover crops, for an uh, area that you want to start a cover crop uh, area. Do you, what's, what's in those seeds? Which ones were they? In, in the photograph, it was buckwheat. Start that again. In Let's the see. photograph, it was buckwheat, sorghum, Sudan grass, and sun hemp. Um, and those were the large seeds, so we mixed the similar size se sized seeds together. Uh, we also had a, um, a canister of red clover, turnip, and forged chicory. Oh, the same. That were the smaller seeds that were not in that photo. Okay. So those were mixed together, and then the larger seeds were mixed together, um, and we broadcast them and, and um, worked them in separately. Do, do the big ones first and then the little ones over the... Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is going to be the same plot though, right? Yes. Yeah? And, okay. and maybe Jim can explain why he chose the seeds that he chose. Um, so first of all, it, it was planted in between our rows of potatoes. And the potatoes will be followed in rotation by garlic this fall. So our garlic for next summer will be planted sometime after... Around it, we usually shoot for around the first of October or so to plant garlic. Um, people are all over the board on that. I've seen people plant as early as the first of September, and that other people say they don't plant until right before freeze up. Um, That's the overwinter garlic you're yeah. talking about. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I, so I have a question though. Um, so you, 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 the potatoes are growing right now, right? Yep. Would that be a problem as they compete for nutrients? In the soil, so the, the cover crops planted between the rows. Sure. So they'll act as a living mulch to prevent the soil from drying out. Um, in between the rows, they won't really be competing with the plants because they're not in direct. They're not in close proximity to the plants themselves. Not close enough. Okay. They'll, they'll provide shade to help do all those things that a living mulch would do. So all those benefits that a living cover would have, this is going to happen in between those rows. So then where the potatoes are planted after the potatoes are dug in September, um, they'll be followed with the garlic in those same rows. The same potato rows? Yep. Okay. And we'll have that living cover in between to, to have that soil health benefit. And so just at the end of the season, just uh, slice it down or? We might have to. Um, we tried to pick primarily stuff that was either where that would either winter kill, mm -hmm. so buckwheat, sorghum, sedan, sun hemp. Those are all plants that won't overwinter. They're annuals. Um, depending on how early we get a frost, they may or may not go to seed. Um, if they, if it looks like seeds are going to mature, we might have to cut those down before that happens. If we get an early frost and it knocks them down and kills them, then we won't have to worry about that. One of the standard rules for a cover crop is try to meet those four basic categories of a cool season and a cool season and a warm season broadleaf and a cool season and a warm season grass. So the sorghum sedan is a warm season grass. Um, the buckwheat would, and the sun hemp would be broadleaf, warm season broadleaves. The clover is a cold season broadleaf, as is the turnip. Um, I guess we're kind of missing the summer warm season grass in the mix, but we're getting most of them. 
And the idea is to get those broad leaves in the grasses so that you promote both the fungal and the bacterial components of the soil. And you put something back in at the end of the summer. That's what it sounds yep. like as well. Keep some living roots in the ground and yep. increasing diversity. Um, when those plants do flower, they'll provide habitat for the pollinators and all that other good stuff. So we talked a little bit about the cover crop, but let's actually talk a little bit about the stuff that, you know, is going into production, something that, you know, you can actually eat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. sorghum, I'm sure, is delicious, mm -hmm. but uh, I, I definitely sure. prefer a carrot. Yep. <laughs> oh, well, um, uh, yeah, we've been um, uh, seeding a lot of carrots lately for our storage um, in the fall, and then we'll put those um, down in the root cellar in the winter. No, I mean, that's, that's amazing, though, because I remember just wasn't it just last week just at the beginning of july i think the nope. last potatoes yep that was potatoes were yep. just pulled from last mm -hmm. season yep so I mean, mm -hmm. if you think about that that's eight that's months rough. nine months mm -hmm. of heavy use and we used we used carrots from the garden last season in the kitchen until like april. do you remember was it april, it april i think and that was for salad and soup and casserole I mean, I used a lot of carrots. <laughs> right, right. And onions till May. Yeah, we still got, or we're out of gone? onions. I'm I not know, sure. We still have some. But I we've been, think they're gone now. Yeah, they're picking, probably gone. We've been picking green onions and, mm -hmm. and, and uh, um, overwinter walking onions or Egyptian onions or whatever you want to call them and different things like that since, uh, since May. Right? Probably about the end of May, yeah. Yeah. Y yep. These are just down so, in the root cellar, right? No special storage beyond just digging a hole and right. put them in there. Well, more or less, a concrete. Yeah, it's area. not just a hole. It's a root cellar. A hole in the right. ground, right? <laughs> root cellar is a whole other art. Could be a yeah. whole other podcast mm -hmm. <laughs> in and of itself. For sure. But getting the carrots started in, in the middle of the summer is the ticket, huh? July, yeah. Okay. Yep. And then um, uh, spinach. Um, uh, is a, a colder weather crop. It does better um, in the spring and then uh, the, toward the end of summer. So, um, so we've been, been uh, seeding more spinach, and that's about uh, forty-five days. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, so, so we're getting that ready uh. for um, uh, about September. Love that will never need to hide Love will always rise above Whatever comes, we will be just fine If I am yours and you are mine Take my hand and let's fly away To another galaxy Hold me close, I want to feel your love Together we are free just be with me, just be with me, just be So uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the cooler construction. Um, you said you're, it's almost finished? Is it ready? Can we start putting stuff in there yet? The, Not yet. Not yet. The cooler itself is, is put together and finished. Mm -hmm. um, the, the wire is strung out mm -hmm. to the shed. It's not hooked up yet, 
Um, and the compressor is actually sitting there waiting for the refrigeration guy to come back and hook it up. So he was supposed to be here today, and maybe because of the rain, he's not coming. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I know that Jay and Jake are ready to start hammering the lean to together and get that on there. Um, so things should come together in the next week or two. We should have that cooler. And can it doesn't matter when we plant carrots because we can just pick our carrots anytime and throw them in the cooler. <laughs> Last all year, right? And keep them cold until the root cellar is ready for them. <laughs> yeah, the root cellar is too warm sometimes in the in the fall. So oh, that's we have funny. this mm -hmm. we have this um, disconnect between when we need to pick carrots and when this root cellar is cool enough to accept carrots. So we've got a cooler now. Well, yeah. Or we'll mm -hmm. have a cooler soon. And the cooler's going to come in really handy on those really hot days when we need a break. We can just... <laughs> just going to count the carrots. <laughs> count, go ahead and count carrots. It takes a while to count 12,000 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I heard uh, through the grapevine, through our, well, our, our weekly meeting, that the, uh, uh, the, the, the Shady Chicken Project has... It's possibly going to go for it, but it's going to actually have some help with the uh, hazelnut trees. Is that true? Am I getting that right? Yeah. Um, we've been... Lisa Braun? In, in Lois Braun. Lois Braun. We've been in communication with Lois Braun. She's the researcher at the U of M on hazelnuts, uh, hybrid hazelnuts. And she is planning a trial of some varieties, different varieties, and we have agreed to be a um, research site for some of her hazelnut varieties. Um, I can't remember, Jim, how many varieties she wants to give us and how many plants? I think she was talking like five varieties, four to six varieties, I think she went, what she said, for a total maximum of 64 plants. So there's some replications in there. And then we're gonna do some under chickens, so the chicken no, some over chickens, so that the chickens will graze some and some will be just on a, a regular um, fertility program that she sets up. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so kind of compare and contrast. Yep. That's science systems. Right. See what see which varieties do better in which um, in which environments and it's, it's exciting. So I've I've been um, calling the garden that we're preparing for the chickens and the hazelnuts. I've been calling it the nutty chicken garden because now we know we have hazelnuts. <laughs> so we're going to have shady chickens and nutty chickens. and That's perfect. Nutty chickens. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got that all mowed and we've tilled it once to start preparing it for um, for planting. We're going to keep tilling it throughout the summer to keep quack grass back. Oh, is that a problem out there? It's It can be a huge problem. So sure. we're going to try to keep that quack grass down by tilling. And then once our um, hazelnuts are in, we won't need to till again because the chickens will keep weeds down and How, we'll plant a cover crop. And Are these going to be semi-grown trees already, like so saplings? or What they are is they'll be rooted cuttings. Okay. Um, they're going to be propagated through mound layering, so they they haven't figured out how to vegetatively reproduce the hybrid hazelnut, the hazelnut. So you can't get an exact clone of their mother plant. So what they do is they coppice the plant this fall, or this spring they coppice the plant, they cut it down to the ground, and then as it grows, they pile mulch around it. 
until the mulch is like a foot deep and the plant grows out of that and then in the mulch itself the plant will root and so in the fall they dig all that mulch off the plant and they cut it back at the original ground level and that one foot where the mulch was um, is the rooted part that you bury to form that to when you plant the plant. And that makes it a little stronger, more able to, to survive? Is that what the plant, that the goal is? So it's an exact replica, replication of that plant. It's the exact genetic, genetic yeah. cultivar. Clone, uh, genetic clone. Clone of that plant because it's been vegetatively reproduced. So okay. it has the same characteristics as those plants. So they, they have three or four pretty large plants that they've got over at Central Lakes College in Staples that the university has been researching for years, at least a, dec at least a decade, I think, or more. And they select the ones that are the most productive, most prolific as far as producing nuts or the size of the nuts. They pick the characteristics of the plant and then they decide which plants they want to replicate. So out of those hundreds of plants they got out of there, they're going to be picking five or six that we're going to be planting here that are supposedly the best plants they have. Do you know anything about the features of the nope. tree? It's uh, going to be, nope. this one's going to have the, the biggest leaves no, or perhaps it's We're just going to grow them. we don't do the research. Fair enough. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's hard enough as it is though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Eventually we'll get to eat the nuts. <laughs> and make a nice little home for the chickens. Yes. Yep. done that the cooler the nutty chicken we can talk about some of the pests that you've seen oh they're not pests the pests <laughs> well only one of those is a pest the rabbit right? the rabbit there has been a rabbit in our no rabbit garden We've no rabbit garden that's the one that's with tiered. a fence yeah. around yeah. it. yeah yeah how in the world two foot fence and we saw it jump the fence yesterday. Rabbits do jump, so, don't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. This, and, but this was a mystery to us for a couple of weeks because we've seen it three or four times, but never been able to see where it was going. And we didn't know if it there was like a gap that we couldn't find, or mm -hmm. maybe it was just hiding in the bean plants <laughs> forever, yeah. and we and we couldn't scare it out. Um, no, but but yeah, Dave saw it jump right over the fence, and I've never seen a rabbit jump any kind of barrier like that so must have an idea of what's in there you know <laughs> well sure it's been eating <laughs> well, we, <laughs> we kind of screwed up because we piled a bunch of leaf mulch right next to the fence yeah that wasn't smart <laughs> so the rabbit got in the first time by climbing up the leaf mulch and jumping in 
It's like an entrance. Found out. Public welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so then after that rabbit found that out, it's like, oh, look at this. All this good stuff's in here. So, so if I just jump over the yeah. fence, I'm good to go. Even after we eliminated the ramp, right. <laughs> it figured out it could still jump. So we might have to make stew. Ooh. <laughs> now, Dave, I saw you out there the other day making, setting down some traps. That's not for the rabbit, though, is no, it? No, that was for uh, pocket gophers. And, um, yeah, we've... We've had some broccoli plants and um, eaten cabbage and stuff yeah. lost. They're in the onions. Um, every year it's the same. But actually there's uh, there's not, I haven't seen as much pocket gopher action this year as we've had in the past. I know um, uh, we had a tally last year and I think we had eight, 18 pocket gophers that we trapped and, and I think we've only probably gotten uh, maybe five or six this year. Well, so. good. I mean, either either there's fewer, or you guys are having a little more trouble yeah. in catching them. <laughs> um, I, I've noticed a lot less gopher mounds, though, because they yeah. um, do have mm -hmm. that distinctive mound that they make. Sure. There's a bunch of mounds out in the Nutty Chicken Garden. We'll have to deal with those, too. Mm. Oh, they're out there, too. Mm -hmm. Do they eat crabgrass roots? Have we talked about this before? <laughs> we don't know that. I oh. imagine they probably do. I think that they do. I've... I've heard that they do. Yeah. And I was talking to um, uh, my grandpa, who was a farmer for years, and um, when he would plow his fields, um, he would find um, big balls of like huge wads of quackgrass roots underneath the ground, and apparently, um, uh, um, he said that they would store them for winter. <laughs> There's a little root storage there, root cellar. Yeah. So yeah, he'd be plowing the field and roll up just a huge wad of quackgrass roots and, mm. and um, uh, uh, right by the gopher mountains. So, mm -hmm. hmm. so that's what he said anyway, I don't know. There's your natural... That doesn't really get rid of them. It just yeah, it's just... No, no. But at least they're eating quackgrass roots. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's very natural herbicide, right? Uh, before we sign off, I'd like to uh, send out a request to uh, our listeners. Uh, we want to, you know, we, we do our best to come uh, here with uh, topics that you, we think that you might be interested in, but we might not be able to get to them all. Um, so maybe uh, if you have a question uh, concerning gardening, farming, we would love to answer your question. So if you do have something you'd like to learn a little bit more about, if you're curious about something, uh, please give us uh, an email at info at happydancingturtle.org. We love hearing from you. So, on that note, let's... And if we don't know the answer, we'll make one up. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, if you have any, uh, if you want to learn more about us, you can go to happydancingturtle.org. My name's Colin, and uh, this is The Garden Crew. Uh, have a great day. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>